there's no need to fear. Underdog is here. Underdog wins at Southern National Motorsports Park. A country boy can survive out of the hills and on the flatlands. Josh Berry makes a statement at Dominion. Dine and dash finish at the Hickory Motor Speedway. Hey Motorheads, this is your race weekend wrap-up on Race 22. Late Monday night, Florence Motor Speedway posted on social media, no more asphalt racing, now going to dirt racing. Stay tuned for how that goes. Carteret County Speedway has announced Mark Watson as general manager. On Friday night, June 21st, only two tracks had late model stock cars racing. Chris Dotson just did nip Eddie Johnson at the stripe for the victory at Southside Speedway with 13 late model stock cars. Ashton Higgins was once again the dominant car at Anderson Motor Speedway with 10 late model stock cars. Saturday night racing action, June 22nd, Chuck Lawson was the winner at the Orange County Speedway. Bowman Gray, a.k.a. Bowman Dega, 20-plus modifieds took the green flag for 100 laps of racing. Brandon Ward secured the top spot following a late restart, claiming the victory in the modified division. And, of course, the pits were full of sportsman cars for twin races at Bowman Gray. Justin Taylor won race number one. Dylan Ward won race number two. Greenville Pick and Speedway had nine limited late models. Trey Gibson captured the victory there. Carteret, with nine late model stock cars, saw last year's track champion Brandon Clemens finally return to victory lane. Man, I tell you, this sport, this sport is very humbling. Um, to be as good as we were last year, to come out this year and just pure suck. Uh, it's just been parts after parts, and we found problem after problem, and me and Wendell spent many a night working on this thing, and I know he, he was getting frustrated with it, I was getting frustrated with it. I just uh, I want to thank all the fans and sponsors for uh, sticking with us. Uh, yeah, we were, wanted to be aggressive and get the lead there to start with. Uh, it means so much here to be able to have the, the restart and uh, control the field. And uh, man, we just wanted to kick everybody's ass. I really want to dedicate this to my mama. She's been having a rough time. And uh, without her, I wouldn't be able to do this racing stuff. Langley Speedway had 15 late model stock cars for twin 70 lap races. Mike Looney, first-time try at Langley, drove Old Blue to victory in race number one, said he's ready to go back. Yeah, I think we'll be back. We come down here to scout the territory a little bit, and uh, scouting turned into hunting tonight. Uh, the Lord's really blessed me with some incredible, incredible people in my life. Uh, a lot of talent goes into these cars, Forest Rentals. Uh, this first car Forest ever built right here is Red Chassis number one, oldest one in the fleet. And uh, Old Blue ain't ready for retirement yet. Uh, man, that thing had some mad forward drive. I just uh, had to kind of back a corner up a little getting in, and that thing would point, and she was gone off the corner. Uh, that Billy Banks horsepower and a Reynolds chassis is pretty hard to beat. Uh, I give Langley Speedway a 10 on difficulty and a 10 on fun. Langley veteran Greg Edwards won race number two. 18 limited late models filled the pits to run twin 40-lap features at the Southern National Motorsports Park. The first run with the new tire deal for the racers. Bradley McCaskill raced to victory in race number one, and Bradley says his scuff tires that he had to purchase were absolutely fine and very racy, plus applauds Mike Diaz for thinking outside the box. Like every local short track right now is trying to get some car count built up because everybody knows that just local 39 short track race is struggling. And for him to step out of the box and do something like that was pretty gutsy move. But at the same time, I didn't hear much negative you know, response from it either. 
there again for your local Saturday night guys to only have to spend $150 to get raised. It was a really good idea, and I think it worked really well. Nobody was complaining about the tires. It was uh, the people that had to buy the tires, which was including us, because we only had one car at the first race, and then obviously we brought back two cars this past weekend, so we had to buy scuff, and that was included in our $150 entry. And the scuff tires were great that we got. You know, they won't dry rot it or something like that. They had plenty of meat left on them, and they all checked them a five on the, on the tread down. Bradley also added that this leveled the competition greatly, along with the rules package, and only paying the top five meant everything to the guys racing back through the field, which equals a fantastic show for the fans. You know, what What kind of made for an interesting race, not only for the win, but, you know, they paid the top five, and that's it. That's how they, I guess that's how they can make it affordable. Brian Obie is a great friend of mine, and he was actually part next to us, and he said in the first race, he was literally racing for fit. Because that was that was payday. It was almost as much of a race for the lead as it was for fifth place to get some money back. And he was so excited for you know finishing fifth in the first race, and then in the second race, that just goes to show you you know how close the cars really are there with with the invert they have, and you know with the tires and everything. And on top of that, the rules package are laid right on top of each other. I mean, there's so many different engine combinations, but. Uh, for him to pull out that win in the second race, that was awesome. That was that was a huge win for him, but in my mind, that was a huge win for, you know, Saturday night racing at its best right there. Speaking of the winner in race number two, perhaps the hardest last name to pronounce in all of late model stock car since Matt DiBenedetto raced in our region. Known as Brian Obi, made the jump to late model stock cars in 2019 and captured the victory in race number two. Race 22 reporter Andy Marquis spoke with a very emotional Brian Obi in victory lane and obviously thrilled to beat two-time multinational champions Peyton Sellers and Philip Morris, plus tough racers like Boo Boo Dalton, Rusty Daniels, Stacy Perrier, Jeff Oakley, just to name a few. Yeah, man, a lot of respect for the guys that came in today. Um, first off, I am just thrilled at the car count we had. Late model stock racing is alive and well, and I'm really happy with the direction that it's going to go here at Southern National. So that was the, the, the highlight of the day. Getting a win with a field like this is super special to me. We just had a, a baby boy. My wife and my daughter and my son, they weren't here today. She's only missed three races since we were 16 years old. We're in, my, we're in our 30s now. but So it was, it was definitely an emotional moment, like you saw me crying there. You know, that was, that was happy tears. It's just been a, it's been a good year for us. We won the championship out here last year, but decided to take the plunge into late model stock. And here we are, sitting in victory lane, talking to Andy Marquis. Brian may not have the biggest budget in the pits, but says his confidence was very high going into Sunday. Sometimes you just have that feeling. Andy asked Mike, when did the confidence become reality? Uh, when we walked in the gate today. Um, we don't have a big team, but man, we try hard. I've got a lot of volunteers. Captain Ron DuPont, you know he's been with me for a number of years. We don't give up. Uh, someone sent us a picture of underdog the other day, and man, we posted that, and we were going by the whole underdog term today with the way the, the team shook out today and uh, what came to town. But if you don't wake up and feel that you've got a chance to win, you know, I think you got to work harder. But uh, nothing but respect for Rusty. That was a lot of fun. You know, you dream of racing like that. I feel like every time we come out, we take good notes. We work hard. Uh, we use our time wisely here. We don't have a huge budget to come out and test. Um, although it's not a lot of money to test, we, we still try and keep the money in what we are doing. And today we, we got, you know, we got luck was on our side. Our setup was right. We've worked hard. That's what you're supposed to do as a race team. And today it connected. The Cars Tour Traveling Series brought 23 late model stock cars to Dominion Raceway and put on a thrilling race for the Northern Virginia race fans. 
Lots of drama has been brewing lately between Josh Berry and Bobby McCarty, and once again, the race would be decided by Barry and McCarty. Look at Barry! He moves Bobby McCarty up the racetrack! He got A little him. bit coming through high see you later move. Barry would go on to win his second race of 2019 and was pretty pleased with his brand new race car. Man, this car was awesome. That was unbelievable. Early on we were, you know, we, I thought we were fair. Um, cooled off and I think the track come to us and it come time to go there and it, and it went. Um, like I said, I, I, I couldn't believe how well, it, once we got out front, how well it ran and we were just able to just drive away. I mean, <laughs> I, like I said, uh, that was that was pretty fun. Amazing race car, first race on this thing, and it was awesome. And just thank credit to all these guys for all their hard work. There was some contact there. Intentional, not intentional, trying to deliver a message. I just got a little tight getting in. Just, yeah, it's like, this is a place we haven't raced a whole lot. This is only my second race here. We don't come here that often. You know, we didn't come test, we really just, Kind of just showed up with a brand new race car and you know pinned our ears back and tried to make it work and uh we were able to do that man like i said that thing got out front at the end it was a rocket and just just a lot of hard work i'm looking forward to you know getting some, getting to some more tracks here coming up that we've been to a lot bobby mccarty finished second brandon pierce finished third mini tyrell with his best finish of the season finished fourth and lane riggs charged from the back of the field to round out the top five the points battle has tightened up quite a bit Bobby McCarty leads Josh Berry by just one point. Deke McCaskill is third, 26 markers behind the leader. Brandon Pierce is fourth, 32 points behind. Stacy Perrier rounds out the top five, just 51 markers behind McCarty. Perhaps the wildest night goes to the Hickory Motor Speedway. 13 late model stock cars hit the track for twin 40 lap features. Race number one, Gage Painter and Matt Light traded paint crumpled up some fenders with Matt Light getting the worst end of the deal. Gage Painter went on to win race number one. Race number two, well, there was sheet metal flying, tempers flaring, and a runaway trophy. On the last lap, turn three, Matt Light was running second behind Gage Painter and drove it in deep, making contact with Gage. All the while, Thomas Bean riding in third had a pretty good idea payback was coming. I knew he was pretty hot about it, and when he dove off into three, he, he went down through across the apron and I knew something big was about to happen. So when he got to his back bumper and started turning, I knew pretty well at that point I'd probably end up winning the race as long as I didn't uh, get taken out in the, in the melee. Because I knew they weren't going to throw the caution. So I, I picked a hole and then Gage started spinning and he uh, I, he lit him up pretty big and got a lot of smoke going and he started coming at, at me. And then at that point I was just wide open trying to get through the hole. I knew Kevin, he was, they had got so far out in front of me, he, he beat me across the line by a couple car lengths, but I knew uh, I knew as long as I beat beat everybody behind me at the line, I was in good shape. I mean, I, I knew when he, when he spun them, because that's happened a lot of times in the past, where, they, where they're where going to put the guy who spins, spins them to the rear. I mean, that seems to be kind of the basis on most places in, in short track races now. If you spend somebody coming the line, you're probably going to get put to the rear. So I was pretty confident that was probably what would end up happening. Needless to say, Victory Lane was quite the scene. So when he uh, when he when he he came around, he's probably he got around there right before I did. And he did a little burnout when I was coming off a of four, and he spun into Victory Lane. So I, I figured I'd won. So I went up and kind of nosed up to him. It's probably going to go in my favor anyway. And when he when he got out of the car. Then uh, I guess the 12 crew decided they weren't happy about it, and they came over and they started arguing and fighting, and uh, that kind of melee into a little brawl on the front stretch. And then 
after that kind of got calmed down, then they came over to the PA and said I was the winner. But they'd already put the, I guess they'd put the trophy on as Kevin's car, and when they said that, he took off running. And I think he got all the way out the gate with it. Oh yeah, it was, it was good entertainment regardless. I mean, they had the cops chasing him. It was, it was good. Fans were screaming, yelling. That's all you could ask for. He never moved out of Victory Lane though. He sat there till he was, he was there when about the time after I got got to the tech shed, he was still sitting in Victory Lane. But I got the money and the trophy, so I'm I'm content with that. Thomas Bean is the 11th different driver to reach Victory Lane in Lake Model Stock Car Racing action at the Hickory Motor Speedway this season. That'll do it for this episode of the Race Weekend Wrap-Up. Until next week, we'll see you at the races. <laughs>